calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! hey, we are back at it on a Friday here to hang out with you all and talk about a lot of stuff going on in the world of entertainment. We're going to get into that big Lando story about it becoming a movie instead of a series. We're going to get into the Aquaman 2 trailer that debuted to mixed reactions and some interesting uh, reactions overall from people for sure. And we're going to launch our first ever trailer palooza, which we'll talk about in just a second. But first let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the geek buddies. I am Michael Vogel, a writer and director of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of our current work right now on Netflix and YouTube specifically with the third season of Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big Ooh. City. The berries are not actual berries. They are people with dessert names. Oh, oh, right. That's how it works. Yes, yes. That's a it's good conceit there of the show for sure. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we'll get into all of it here for sure. And uh, the trailer Palooza thing, this is how it works. Each of us is, has come up with, because there's not a lot of overall entertainment news happening, but there are a lot of trailers dropping. So we thought this week we'd try something new where all of us grab some trailers we like and talk about it, present it here on the show. And then we'll get into our main topic, which is going to be that Lando discussion and the news there. But Shannon McClung, you're kicking us off. Where shall we go? With trailers, 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 trailers. The first one is our first look at the long-awaited sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So, you know, is it a long-awaited? Considering that the movie came out in 2018 and it was supposed to come out a while ago, mm. yes, I would say I didn't say who was waiting. I just said it was long-awaited. Yeah. <laughs> so this one again, directed by James Wan, starring again Jason Momoa. Nicole Kidman um yeah like it's interesting that you know uh, uh Aquaman is still to date the the highest grossing film yeah. from DC mm -hmm. and this trailer looks 
very much like a sequel to that first movie. Like, you know, some some of our friends had had watched and said, this looks like so much fun. Um, other folks are like, eh, it doesn't look that great. And it's like, this is literally, like, if you were one of the folks that enjoyed that billion dollar movie, it looks like you might enjoy this. Um, but gentlemen, I'm going to throw it over to you all first. Uh, Johnny, why don't you take, take it away? What do you think of our sure. first look at Aquaman and the Last Kingdom? <clears throat> I'll dive in. Uh, yeah, this is what I'll say. Uh, I did a trailer reaction for it yesterday. I fully expected this to be just an absolute shit show. And I got to say, I really liked it. I don't know why it worked on me. I don't know what it is about it. But I like the idea of the bromance stuff with him and Patrick Wilson. They really do have great chemistry. And I just have a love for Momoa. He's so charming in the role. Uh, and I like that we get this uh, interaction with them and what it leads to. And yes, are there shades of Lord of the Rings and shades of stuff we've seen before? Thor, Thor and Loki, that relationship. Certainly there's shades of all of it. But this looks absolutely out there, gonzo, and the right kind of humor. That was the negative thing I felt about the first movie is that it was not my kind of humor at all. I think we only see one shot of Mara. So I think this is not going to be a Mara story at all. It's going to be about his son. It's going to be about him and Orm and how they deal with Manta. And Yahya Abdul-Mateen II looks absolutely badass. Dare I say, Killmonger-esque in what he's going for here in the movie. So they took elements of a lot of things and threw it all together, including Fast and the Furious. And for whatever reason, it worked for me. So that's what I'll say. Mikey? The trailer was fine. <laughs> like, it was fine. Okay. I is like 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 there's it's you know you're like okay yeah cool like humor check here's what the story is check here's a lot of sea monsters and sea creatures and let's use the trident to unite the seven seas and like it like all the pieces in this trailer you're like yeah sure this is fine but at this point based on the execution thus far nothing about the trailer felt like it had any weight to it if that makes sense. Like, it was all just fine. Like, yeah, there was some explosions and like there was stuff. It's like we've reached the point where we can, and this is, I think, you know, when people do start to talk about the sameness of superhero movies and kind of getting the same thing over and over again, it's like when you get something like a Matt Reeves, the Batman, um, you watch that trailer and you go, oh, wow, this, I mean, yes, it's Batman, it's dark, like that's what Batman is, but it feels a little different. There's something new going on here. And I think that we've had so many superhero movies at this point. We've had so many things. It's kind of like what Roka said. It's like, yeah, okay, like, uh, let's make uh, Black Manta a little Killmonger-esque and let's do this. And uh, yeah, like the brothers have to do bad brother and good brother teaming up. And it's like, we've reached the point with superhero movies that we're like, okay, sure, but like what? new thing are you going to tell us about Aquaman here? Like what makes mm. Aquaman stand out in the pantheon of superhero cinema? And this trailer was fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Vogel on this as oh, someone okay. who was not a big fan of that first movie. I was thrilled that we got an Aquaman movie. And I thought the, the version that Jason Momoa was playing worked really well for that particular story. Is that, yeah. is it the one that I go looking for when I'm reading comics? No. Um, but a lot of the humor, like I, I felt even with the first one, a lot of that humor didn't work. Um, and like having his, his, you know, uh, uh, superhero uniform hanging out to dry, even though he wears it underwater, I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> um, and it looked like they were trying to capture that Thor and Loki vibe. Yeah. Um, and also it is uh, mid September. This movie comes out December 20th. I mean, the fact that it's like three months out and this is the first 
we're seeing of it. I don't know. I mean, do I hope it's successful? Yes, because uh, this is the one that apparently James Gunn did have some creative input. Like they had done three rounds of reshoots or two rounds of reshoots. And he he and Peter Saffron can kind of came in, even though Peter Saffron is a yeah, producer on this. They came in at the end with their notes and allegedly got it into better shape. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it, it, again, it is very much a sequel to that first movie. And if you yeah. liked that first movie, you're probably going to like this. That's what it seems. So Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom comes out December 20th. Our next trailer is uh, this one I thought was pretty interesting. And this is uh, Mike Flanagan's The Fall of the House of Usher for mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, so this one, you know, Mike Flanagan is a, a Haunting of Hill House, which was fantastic. Haunting of Bly Manor, which was a show. And uh, Midnight Mass, <laughs> which I thought was, God, that's a that's a really, really great idea that didn't quite, they didn't quite land the plane at the end. Um, but... <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get to you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is uh, kind of the same format. He he's taking uh, uh, some of the writings of Edgar Allan Poe and has and has crafted crafted this story about the House of Usher, which in this uh, apparently they are a pharmaceutical company, and it seems like they're kind of like the Sacklers almost. Mm-hmm. Um, he's using a lot of his regular cast, including uh, Carla Gugino, uh, Henry Thomas. Uh, this looks, I mean, this is coming out in September. This is coming, or excuse me, this is coming out in October. This is a great, this looks like it could be a great Halloween show. Um, But gentlemen, I'll throw it over to you. Mikey, why don't you take it away? I think we know what you're going to (laughs) say. Fall of the House of of Usher. What'd you think? I like this whole like Flanagan vibe, like, like kind of taking like his cast of actors that he likes to work with, adding in some new people here and there and kind of just telling us these stories. It's sort of like, what Ryan Johnson does with uh, with Knives Out and Glass Onion on like the sort of murder mystery side, Flanagan is doing on like spooky story vibe. And I'm I like I agree with you that the House of Bly Manor was the le- the lesser of them. I thought House of Haunt had the the Haunting of Hill House or House of Haunted Hill. Wait, what was it? Haunting, Haunting, of, Haunting of Hill House. Thank you. That was great. That scared the shit out of me. And I love Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass definitely is not everyone's cup of tea. It's very monologue-y. Um, but I loved what it had to say. Like, I ate that show up. So I'm definitely on board for this. I love the idea of sort of modernizing Edgar Allan Poe. The cast is just stellar. It looks creepy as fuck. Like, this is definitely, like, the Flanagan shows are definitely the don't want, for me, don't watch them until the sun goes down, turn all the lights off, wrap yourself up in a blanket, and uh, scare the shit out of yourself. So I am on board and excited to do so. Johnny, what'd you think? Clearly a man has never been attacked in his own home. But yes, absolutely. I understand doing that. When, were, when were you attacked in your own home? Well, you know, I don't like to talk about everything. By the way, uh, fix your mic, Mike. It sounds like your MacBook is the microphone. So just as I'm talking here, uh, Haunting of Hill House, I absolutely loved. Midnight Mass is one of those. I'm going to turn my computer on and watch it while I check my email and social media and other things. That's what more Midnight Mass was for me. So, but. This trailer, I liked this trailer. I like the actors involved in this. Always great to see Bruce Greenwood. Love him as an actor. Great to see Isaiah Bradley back uh, here to be. I mean, to see him in the in this as well. And also the you know, and also the stuff that's going on with all the different characters. And as you said, Shannon, setting it in the pharmaceutical stuff is kind of smart. I mean, I would have rather them set it in a certain political family, but I think it works well in the pharmaceutical stuff as well. And Look, Gugino is making such a nice 
second or third career renaissance in these shows, in these films. And it's great to see because she is a absolutely damn good actress who never quite got to that level of superstardom. But certainly she works a lot and people respect her work. And so to see her getting a chance to be like the central focus who is administering the punishment here, I think is a lot of fun overall. So yeah, this this worked for me. I'm absolutely going to watch it. And I'm a big Edgar Allan Poe fan, uh, being from the D.C., uh, Maryland, Virginia area. So for me, this is uh, something that I'm very much looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, whereas Vogel likes to turn the lights off, wait until the uh, sun goes down, I watch these shows in the morning <laughs> because <laughs> I am a giant chicken. Um, but also, I love the fact that Mark Hamill is in this. Um, yeah. You know, you talk about the you know second and third career renaissance of Carl uh, Gino. The fact that, you know, with with the uh, Star Wars sequels, Mark Hamill kind of came back from, from the world of voiceover, and now yeah, he's true. popping up in just interesting projects. Some of those projects don't turn out that great, but this is one I'm really excited to see see him in so the fall of the house of usher will be dropping on netflix october 12th and that brings us to our last trailer which uh i thought this look if you've ever wanted to see what would happen if you combine back to the future with halloween um you get totally killer so we have sally draper kiernan shipka as uh uh, (laughs) the daughter of a survivor of 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 a serial killer um uh julie ben julie ben's plays the mom and like her her friends way back what was that? Julie, Julie Bowen, Bowen, excuse me. Julie Bowen, yeah. excuse me. Um, uh, uh, her her mom's friends died in 1987 at the hands of a mass killer. And that killer returns and somehow sends Kiernan Shipka back to the future. And she gets to hang out with her mom and uh, try to discover uh, the identity of this killer. I, I thought this looked like so much fun. And again, a great, uh, a great movie for Halloween. But Mikey, what'd you think? Our first look at Totally Killer. I didn't really know what Totally Killer was, and then you sent us a trailer to watch, and I was like, oh, I'm in. 100% in. That, like, just the trailer, even in the trailer, like, the dialogue is very, very smart. It's a lot of fun. Like, seeing her smoking weed with her parents, her mom and her mom's friends back in the 80s, and being like, the fuck is this shit that you're smoking? Like, I could get you a gummy. That is ten times stronger than what you're smoking. And I was like, "Yep, this movie, this movie is my vibe. This movie is my comedy, uh, and it's great." You know, we've seen whether it be like Hot Tub Time Machine, all these other movies. Like that, yeah. back Back to the Future has almost become a subgenre in its own right. Like the idea of going back to the past, dealing with family shit, but also here's the horror version, here's the comedy version, here's the this version, here's the that version. And so I think like taking, like you said, like taking Back to the Future and an 80s slasher movie and just jamming them together, it it feel it's like chocolate and peanut butter. It's like, it just goes together. Like you watch it and you're like, why didn't anybody think of this already? This is great. So I'm 100% in, it looks great. Johnny, you went to high school in the 80s. What'd you think? I did. I did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I, I think this, we are so old, all of us, that Justin Long is now the teacher in uh, in these uh, films. And it's and in these series. So it's like, damn, we've gotten this old when he used to be the students, the student in one, in one of these things. You remember him from Galaxy Quest. So, um, but yeah, and it's great to see Rachel Harris, who I'm always a fan of as a comedian, as an actress. And so seeing her being a part of this but look this could have annoyed the shit out of me because i'm like uh i'm oh wait i'm talking about the wrong thing sorry we're talking about totally killer not uh goosebumps i got caught up there yeah but totally wow. killer i thought were there's so many trailers sorry i got him confused <laughs> spoiler uh, now i know what johnny's gonna say when i start talking about goosebumps in a that's minute that's true that's true 
I, I tell you this, I, I didn't watch the Sabrina show beyond two or three episodes, but not because I didn't like um, uh, Kieran Shipka. I was more like, eh, I don't know if this is my cup of tea, although I objectively thought it was well done. Just wasn't my cup of tea. This looks like a lot of fun, uh, but we are getting to the limit, I think, of this usage of time travel in this. So why not go to a horror and try to put it in a horror situation and maybe uh, evoke some of the great 1980s horror tropes or cliches? Because people love those horror movies from the 1980s still. And so it's nice to kind of work on that. But Kiernan is charming as hell in this trailer. I like the vibe she has with all her friends, uh, her, her mom and her friends. And I wonder what she's going to discover here. Because obviously at the end of the day, these time uh, machine or time travel films are about you kind of changing your perceptionary point of view. Uh, she's super protective. So, and is this killer like, is this a copycat killer? Is this the same killer? What's the situation? And what's her mom's role in all of this as what seems to be the only survivor of this situation? How did, why did she survive? What was, what's this hidden secret here in all of it? I can't remember the guy who plays his dad, but he's always, he always plays a lunkhead in a lot of shows. And it's great to see him being a part of this as well. So this is the right kind of vibe. It's not asking too much of you. Uh, and uh, you're going to enjoy it overall and not, uh, not put too much weight into it. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is coming to Amazon Prime on October 6th. And again, I think this is this is the perfect type of film that, you know, you watch uh, on, on Halloween, like Halloween yeah. weekend type movie. So October 6th, Amazon Prime. That sounds good. Sounds good. Um, all right. All right. Uh, Mike, you want to jump into yours? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know what? You already spoiled the, uh, you know, my opening here. But uh, hey, trailers, trailers, trailers. Why don't we start with the trailer for Goosebumps, which John... <laughs> Already gave his review to. Yeah, uh, we got our first look at the uh, Goosebumps live action series based on Errol Stein's best selling books. Obviously, it will be premiering on both Disney Plus and Hulu on Friday, October thirteenth. Ten part series. Uh, it's going to drop its first five episodes as part of Disney Plus's Hallow Stream and Hulu's Halloween celebration. So Ooh. definitely like leaning into the spooky. Um, it's written by Nick Stoller and Rob Letterman, uh, and it plunges viewers into a world of mystery and suspense following a group of five high schoolers as they embark on a shadowy and twisted journey to investigate the tragic passing three decades earlier of a team named Harold Biddle. It stars Justin Long, which uh, Roka has already weighed in on, uh, Rachel Harris, and newcomers uh, Zach Morris, Issa Brioni, uh, Miles McKenna, uh, Anayi Puig, and Will Price. So, uh, definitely, like, not what I was expecting. Like, I saw the Goosebumps trailer came out. It was kind of like, all right, well, let's see it, Goosebumps. And for me, uh, it had a scarier vibe. But uh, Johnny, Shannon, let's go with you. Why don't we start with Johnny so he can finish what he already started talking about? <laughs> yeah. Again, just like seeing Justin Long and Rachel Harris together. I see nice chemistry. But there's a, a little, there's a harder edge to this along with the humor, which I kind of liked. I'm like you, Michael. I wasn't sure. Shannon put it on the list. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch this trailer. I watched it. I was like, you know what? This is not bad. This could have annoyed me, but it doesn't. It's actually kind of fun and interesting. And I like the chemistry of the character or the actors that are involved in all of this. And Zach Morris. Oh, my God. Isn't that the name of uh, what's his face? Sure, sure Mark, Paul <laughs> Mark Paul Gosselaar. Somebody, exactly. Somebody's parents were... Big, big fans. <laughs> Saved by the bell. Huge. Huge. Uh, but no, the end shot of them destroying that person and exploding and the taste of that person, uh, I thought that really worked. But yeah, uh, to me, this looks like a lot of fun. Um, and you've got the requisite rap song going with it, right? That works nowadays to make it cool and hit. Okay. Goosebumps. Okay. You know, all of okay. that. Okay, so Grandpa. Cool. 
I'm just saying you don't need it. You don't need it. You anyway. kids with your rap music. With your filth and your florin. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. You know what? I was I was like when when you think of Goosebumps, you think of Nickelodeon. Uh, with the movies, you think of Jack Black. And so getting something like this that was a little darker. I mean, I think it still yeah. has that kind of Disney friendly approach. I mean, it would have it would have surprised me less if it were on Hulu, if it was going to be part Ooh. of Huluween. Because uh, we know, you know, Disney Plus and Hulu are going to merge at some point. Um, but yeah, I was I was pretty intrigued. I'm like, this seems kind of like a, a little bit of a meaner Disney series. And again, because you have Justin Long, someone that, you know, you know, uh, audiences kind of watched grow up as the teacher. It does remind you of when you were born. Um, but no, I thought this looked really interesting. I mean, uh, again, the the moment that they smash that one individual and it's like they taste like you know watermelon jolly rancher or something like that i was like okay so and here and here's the family friendly entry um but no i mean i thought i thought this was i thought this was interesting and october is one of my favorite times of year even though i am a giant coward um it's one of my favorite times of year and it's because of stuff like this like oh let's let's turn down the lights during the day we'll watch Fallout, so sure. Oh <laughs> but at night we can watch Goosebumps. You Turn are down so the lights. I, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was pretty smart. I mean, you know, Disney Plus particularly has made a big deal recently of like really pulling back on what they've done and sticking to like their own IP and their own brands. Mm. And Goosebumps is kind of one of the exceptions to that. Um, but I think like you know what makes it good is this feels like not just like oh Disney's doing their like lighter version of a scary story, but like this is what Goosebumps has always been. Like Goosebumps. Mm. If you're an adult, you're like, oh, yeah, those are kind of like scary stories light. But when you were a kid, that was as scary as it got for you. You hadn't graduated to Stephen King yet. Like Goosebumps was scary. It kind of did like uh, you, you, you treated Goosebumps the way Shannon treats other movies. Like you, you didn't watch it. You didn't read it at night. Like it scared you. So I think the fact that this feels less <laughs> silly than some of the other entries into Goosebumps Entertainment and kind of leaning a little bit more on the scary while still having that sort of family-friendly vibe to it, it, I think it's good. It looks like it's well shot. It looks like it's well produced. So this doesn't look like sort of the uh, lighter, cheesier stuff that Disney and Disney Plus have kind of done mm. on occasion. This looks a little bit more mature, and I'm curious to check it out. So we will all check it out on Friday the Friday the 13th of October. And uh, meanwhile, speaking of checking things out, we got our second look. We got our full trailer for season two of Our Flag Means Death, uh, which is coming to, back to Max on October 5th. Um, we've already talked about the first trailer. This trailer just gave us more of the same stellar cast, uh, stellar Taika Waititi humor, and stellar... Uh, Rome, wait, John, you haven't watched Our Flag Means Death no, Season so 1 I'm gonna, yet, have I'm you? A, Yeah, okay, there you go. That's right. That's and stellar, spoilers ahead, uh, epic gay pirate love story. Um, so, Shannon, while John is not listening, what did you think of our second look? Uh, I know you're already excited about the show. Did this make you more excited? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, because that first teaser that we got, it was sort of um, acknowledging the events of the end of the first season. Just talking about, like, hey... Uh, uh, Steed left, um, Blackbeard was not happy about that. Um, we didn't get a ton of comedy in the trailer for the comedy series, whereas this one, we got the comedy. I mean, we get to see, we get to see, uh, Edward Teach, 
um, be sort of that jilted lover. I mean, it was real. I mean, he and Reese Darby have such uh, Taika Waititi and Reese Darby have such fantastic chemistry together. And, you know, they, they're, you know, they're both Kiwis. They, they've known each other a long time. Um, they're just really, really funny together. And we get to see what an unhinged scorned lover Blackbeard can be. Um, and plus we just get to see more of the crew. Um, I, I don't remember the actor's name. He was in air as well, but the moment that he's taking aim with a crossbow and he's like, yeah. Nope, Nope, I can't do it. I, I've never even seen. <laughs> he's like, that's just really great. Taika Waititi humor. And uh, I'm excited for the return of this show. Yeah. And uh, as an added bonus, uh, David Jenkins, the show creator kind of told everybody that uh, as far as he is planning, as long as Max allows it, season two won't be the end. He thinks season three would be the official end of the series, um, which means season two is going to have plenty of runway, doesn't have to wrap everything up, lots of more, lots of time to spend with all of the other secondary and tertiary characters that everybody loves and uh, really building to sort of a bigger season three finale. So hopefully uh, as exciting as season two is, it will not be, you're good, John, come up again. Uh, hopefully season two won't be the end of the journey uh, for this amazing crew of ridiculous pirates. And we'll get to see them wrap things up in season three. But in the meantime, we can all look forward to October 5th when the first three episodes, yep, three episodes will uh, premiere on Max with subsequent episodes releasing weekly in pairs until the season finale on um, October 26th. So October is going to be a packed month, but if that is not enough for you, my third trailer today, uh, coming out in December, uh, we in America got our first look, uh, and actually most people's first look at Studio Ghibli's The Boy and the Heron, uh, Miyazaki's first film in over a decade, I believe, and a lot, a lot of people think maybe his last film. So what's interesting about The Boy and the Heron is when it released in Japan, it released with no trailers. They didn't do any trailers. They didn't say shit about shit. They had one poster with a heron on it, and that movie came out and did gangbusters. So this trailer that we're getting is really kind of the world's first look at this movie, um, and we will be able to check it out in theaters, uh, including IMAX screenings, on December 8th. But gentlemen, um, I know you've both seen at least some Miyazaki films. What do you think of Miyazaki, and what do you think of this movie, and are you excited to go see it in IMAX? I mean, Johnny, Pat Johnny, mm -hmm. Johnny, I said Johnny. Oh, sorry. Stay in your lane, McClung. <laughs> uh, I'll make it quick so Shannon can get into his points. But here's the thing. Uh, to me, we just did Spirited Away on the Cinephile. So I was very like into the Miyazaki mindset of, of films and caught up on a couple more. I rewatched uh, Mononoke again, and which I really love. And so um, uh, got back into when I watched this and it's only a minute and a half. I was really surprised how little they showed in the trailer but the vibe and the feeling and the animation all of it it's unmistakable what you're getting here and the story that seems to be kind of alluding to some of the darker edges of childhood leading into adulthood all of that is coming through here and what does the heron symbolize and so a lot of questions that i have so for me as a cinephile because i think miyazaki's films absolutely qualify as like higher level animation I'm very curious to see the symbolism and, and messages that are coming out of this movie along with the fantastic animation. So yeah, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, having lived in Japan for two years, you know, I was exposed to a lot of, of Japanese entertainment. And for the most part, Japanese animation has never really been my thing. But the exception um, has been Miyazaki. Um, the thing that I re that really, I mean, obviously the the, the visuals are 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 unmistakable, like this is a Miyazaki film. Um, but the thing that really kind of drew me in 
was sort of the the mystery mm. of this. I mean, you know, they talk about, you know, they talk about death. They talk about like what, as Johnny already said, what does this heron actually represent? Mm-hmm. So again, this is not the type of film I would normally um, go to see in a theater, but because because of the Miyazaki factor, this is one I'm actually quite looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, what I love uh, and I've always loved about Miyazaki is as someone who kind of has grown up on American animation, Disney movies, Pixar movies, DreamWorks movies, uh, even though there, you know, there's a certain structure and style to American storytelling. There's American story structure. Like you can go to the bookstore and get a ton of books on basic cinematic story structure and U.S. stories. And Japanese stories don't always follow that structure. And Miyazaki films are just all over the place. And it's always kind of so exciting for me because when I go see other movies, you're kind of like, okay, so here's a, we were end of act one, we're moving into act two. I kind of feel like I know where this is going. Like sometimes you get little surprises, but you kind of get a sense. Miyazaki films, I'm out on the ranch. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. uh, And I love it. It's great. Like, I love just watching these movies that are so visceral and so emotional and watching this trailer very much felt like that. So... I'm very, very excited. You know, when we kind of got to the end of summer movies, uh, I was kind of like, all right, well, that was that summer. I don't know what I'm excited. And as all these trailers have been coming out for things that are coming on streaming, things that are coming into theaters, like I'm starting to get really stoked for October, November, December, because we're getting a lot of stuff to check out. So I will definitely be going to IMAX to see this uh, on opening weekend. And uh, I hope we will all talk about it. Yeah, the dreary days of August and September are, are dissipating slowly but surely. And here we go into some great fall season stuff for sure. All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into my trailers and jump into our main topic here right after this. Okay, now that you've listened to these two gentlemen, let's talk about some uh, heavyweight trailers here. Uh, certainly the first one, <laughs> we got the second official trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon. This one, I, I've done a reaction to the teaser, the first trailer, and the second trailer. It's so incredible, this film. The the level of anticipation. I think Oppenheimer is the only thing that's kind of matched my level of anticipation for this movie. Uh, and uh, this second trailer had much more of the stuff with Robert De Niro and DiCaprio. And it seems like De Niro sent DiCaprio in to the, uh, the Osage people to essentially be a plant and a spy for some arranged marriage so they can get closer to uh, um, screwing the Osage people over, murdering them in order to take over their oil and their land. So that came through really powerfully in this trailer and that he may have to turn on his, his it seems like his uncle in order to do what he needs to do, what's right here for Jeffy, Jesse Plemons' FBI agent. So a lot in this heartbreaking stuff. Lily Gladstone, great uh, stuff in, in the trailers. Well, breaking down uh, on the stairs there with someone she loves has died. So a lot of heaviness to this trailer, but also an incredible uh, sense of direction uh, throughout this. So, Michael, I'll give you uh, first tips here. What did you think of this new trailer for Kills of the Flower Moon? This one got me. I mean, I was yeah. excited about this from the teaser. I mean, we talked about it, just given that it's Scorsese, given that it's De Niro, given that it's DiCaprio. Yeah. Like, it looked like a big movie. So it was always something that I was absolutely going to check out. But kind of, as you said, this trailer, you got a lot more into what the story specifically is. You got a lot more into, as you said, kind of De Niro kind of sending DiCaprio in saying, hey, if we marry into 
this we can get closer to this oil that's the goal here and you just you see the brutality of what's going on and you see how dicaprio's character kind of gets wrapped up in the middle of it and so the human story and the emotional story uh felt like it popped a lot more in this trailer mm. in addition to sort of the historical nature of everything and it really got me like i was excited to watch this before i would say i was interested in watching this before like i was definitely intrigued and interested in wanting to check it out this trailer is the one that actually got me excited like i'm very very hyped for this movie after this second trailer so you know a lot of like as we were talking about with our flag means death or some of these others like you see the first trailer you see the teaser you're like i'm in and then you see the second one you're like all right you showed me a little bit more and i'm still equally in this this was a really strong second trailer i thought yeah i thought so too shan your thought uh, fully agree. Um, this is even though Apple was like a like a like a partner in this. Um, the fact that this is coming to a theater is really yeah. really exciting. Um, Martin Scorsese is you know I I think a lot of folks when you ask who is our greatest film American filmmaker modern day they're going to go with Spielberg. I mean that's that seems to be the the go to answer. But Martin Scorsese is right there i mean even with a movie like the irishman which johnny and i were lucky to see on the big screen even with a movie like the irishman which that's a long movie um the way that he tells and crafts a story is just so engaging and uh the thing that's really appealing to this story for me at least is um this focuses on on a story that i had no knowledge of Mm-hmm. Um, I think about like the uh, like the Tulsa race riots in uh, Watchmen, right. uh, the Tulsa massacre. That was something I had no idea had even occurred. This is something that does not, at least when we were going to school, this is something that didn't get taught. And so the fact that a filmmaker like Scorsese is able to shine a light on this part of our past, which is um, uh, very shameful. And you it's just. The, the again the craft that's going that's gone into making this movie at least from from the trailers um it looks like it's probably going to be something um very special but uh, very heartbreaking yeah and scorsese came out and said that he rewrote the script to focus more on the native american story more on the osage because initially the script focused more on the white people in the movie and he felt like he was going to be repeating the same patterns all over again that this story was about which was the focus on trying to make sure they're highlighted their scene you know so that's a difference there and this is going to be on imax with which they just announced a few days ago so seeing this it's coming out on october 20th so seeing this on imax screens will be really a magical experience well magical in the sense of appreciating the artistry that is involved in the creation of this film for sure and the acting um all right let's move on to our next uh, trailer uh, yeah we don't know when it's going to pop up on apple tv plus it will come out in theaters though on october 20th let's move on to the creator final trailer for the creator we're just days away from the creator coming out i think like uh, 15 days or so a couple of weeks from it coming out here for us to enjoy it'll debut on september 23rd at one of the fests or one of the fests there but a lot more in this trailer about the relationship between john david washington and Gemma chan really influencing what he's go- going through influencing his connection to this young child who is this weapon that's being uh, possibly going to be trained on the humans but also a little bit more of like is he being told the truth are the humans really the good guys in this situation so i like that this is going into a lot of different directions and the special effects here again the new shots we got in this trailer just stunning so shannon what are your thoughts on this final trailer for the creator i mean you you just don't know how (laughs) 
how Gareth Edwards does it. Like when you look at a movie like this, this, this looks like it could be potentially one of the most expensive movies of all time. And to know that it came in at a budget, uh, uh, was it under a hundred million dollars? $87 million. Yeah. I mean, the, you put that price tag with what we're seeing now, maybe they're showing us all the great shots in the trailer <laughs> and everything in between is going to look like it's held together with uh, with scotch tape and chewing. It's gum. one apartment. It's all in one apartment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's him. It's him in his apartment telling everybody what happened. And then we just get these few shots like that's how they did it. <laughs> <laughs> but the the visual scope of this movie just looks enormous, like whatever whatever secrets he's holding on to to make movies that look like this cost as little as they do, he really needs to spread the wealth because <laughs> um, I feel like the, the industry could need it. Um, but also, you know, getting, uh, as John already said, sort of the, the insight into his relationship with Jimmy Chan and you get more of an idea of why he is protecting, protecting this child. So yeah, super, super curious uh, what this one is going to be just visually it, it it looks like a home run yeah mike it has shades of mandalorian doesn't it it seems like he lost his child uh with Gemma chan and so this child's kind of taking that place and he's figuring out if he does hate the droids or the robots or not yeah what would you think of this uh, final trailer this, i mean we did get more about him and Gemma chan but this is definitely mm -hmm. one of those examples of like i didn't need this trailer I'm already so like I'm hyped through yeah. the roof already. Like I've been hyped since the first trailer for this came out and you can show me as many more robots running around in the rice patties as you want. I'm already in like I'm there. Um, but I do think Shannon brings up a really good point. Like this is where, you know, I've been talking to, I've been talking to a lot of people. Everyone is very um, wondering what the industry is even going to look like next year. Mm. You know, I mean, between the strikes and streamers and people not going to see movies in mass, like specific movies pop like Barbie and Oppenheimer and other movies people just don't really respond to. And people like, you know, studios are like, well, should we put movies on streaming? But people aren't watching streaming, but they're not going to theaters like there's so many questions about what's going to happen. And I think Shannon nailed it on the head. The fact that there's certain directors that are able to bring movies in at a lower budget that look very high budget, just given where we've gone with special effects and everything, that's gonna be the key because creator, when it comes out, it doesn't have to do uh, the Flash's box office. Mm. Cause it didn't cost that much. It could do like, it could do decent at the box office and have a healthy streaming life afterwards and make all its money and then some back. So I think that is part of the key of where we need to go is like movies that, that assuming it's good. Like I'm banking mm. on the fact that this movie is going to be as good as I hope it's going to be based on the trailer. We might all go see it and go, yeah, now we know it was 87. Yeah, it was not great. <laughs> But it, assuming it's great, uh, it might pave the way for where movies are going to go. So I'm definitely hyped. I definitely can't wait to see it. I've reached that point of hype where I'm starting to get nervous. Like at first, yeah, yeah, yeah. he looks fucking awesome. And now I'm like, don't fuck with me. Don't, <laughs> don't fuck with me. Is this going to be good? Give it to me. Give me the good movie I want. So we'll see. But uh, I am definitely yeah. very, very amped and excited. This is the one that I, this is the movie that's like paving the way into fall and fall movie season for me. Like this is my next big exciting excitement. Uh, post Ahsoka that I'm aiming for. I mean, 87 and he got Han Hans Zimmer to do the score. So, I mean, that's pretty incredible there uh, for sure. But yeah, uh, this comes out September 29th. It will debut at Fantastic Fest, 
on September 26th for anyone who might be going to Fantastic Fest. All right, our last uh, trailer here is uh, from uh, Wes Anderson himself, one of my favorite filmmakers, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. This is a 40-minute or 39-minute film to be exact, but it's based on a Roald Dahl's collection here from 1977, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar and Six More. This is one of four films that apparently Wes Anderson is doing and Netflix are doing based off of this, uh, the short stories in this book. This one stars uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Ray Fiennes as Roald Dahl, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, Rupert Friend, and Richard Aote. So, uh, Shannon, I go to you first here. What were your thoughts on the wonderful story of Henry Sugar? Well, I'm not a big Wes Anderson guy. Like, I, I do, I, I appreciate um, the very specific way he tells a story, but for the majority of his filmography, I'm just not a fan. I mean, I really like the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that is my favorite Wes Anderson film. And shortly behind that, or right behind that, is the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, and I think also part based of the reason, on a Roald Dahl film, uh, story, yeah, yeah. So I think part of the reason I don't, I, I my enthusiasm kind of it just runs out of gas for a lot of Wes Anderson's movies it has to do with the length. Um, Cause once your eyes become accustomed to that kind of visual palette, the way he, the way he films, it's sort of like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like if, and if the story hasn't hooked me, the visuals aren't enough to keep me in. Um, maybe this, as it is a 37 minute film, maybe this is sort of uh, the, the perfect way for me, at least to watch Wes Anderson. Now the cast is, you know, the cast is beyond belief, you know, and you know exactly what it is going to be. And like the trailer did make me laugh. I thought Dev Patel had had a couple of funny moments. So maybe this is going to be the way that Wes Anderson going forward should film. Tight, 37 minutes, get them in, get them out. Mikey, your thoughts? The 37 minute thing is curious to me. Like that's a crazy little niblet of a movie. Like I, it's just a little, like it's a little nibble. Um, I... I am like Wes Anderson agnostic. Like I appreciate Wes, what Wes Anderson does. I think it's very specific. I love that you could just be like, that's Wes Anderson. And I don't, it, his style doesn't get me super, super amped, nor does it turn me off. Hmm. Like it is just a down the line. Like I can watch Wes Anderson and be like, huh. And like, and so it's really kind of to what Shannon said. It's based on the story. Like I like his visual style. I like his aesthetic. I like his very unique way of telling a story. Um, but it doesn't bowl me over and it doesn't pull me out of it. So if the story's good, I'm in. And if the story's not good, I'm not in. Like, it's like, it, it, it doesn't, I don't have a strong feeling one way. And I know like, because he has such a strong visual sense and a very specific style, he's, he tends to be pretty divisive. Most of the people that I know, most of our friends are either, I love Wes Anderson or they refuse to go see a Wes Anderson movie because they're like, that's not my thing. Like, it just seems very divisive. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, it's it's a thing. And I will watch it and see. Yeah, I'm firmly in the camp of I love Wes Anderson. I enjoy the uniqueness with which he tells his stories and the different approaches. But Asteroid City was a step too far for me. That's when I was just like, and I got it. You know, I got what he was doing. But I was like, I was a little bit like, oh, man, I this is kind of a. Uh. So, so when I saw this trailer, I'm not 100% sold on Benedict Cumberbatch playing this role uh I, I he seems too aware whereas ray fines wasn't aware and was a great narrator for grand budapest hotel as you said there and so did uh was it jude law who did the narration or f murray abraham who did the narration for that i thought that was really good as a part of uh, the grand budapest hotel but i don't know we'll see how the overall film comes out uh but i just don't 100 percent like benedict in this uh particular trailer but everything else kind of worked for me standard 
uh, Wes Anderson. But it's gotten great reviews from the fest. Variety said it was delightfully tight. Hollywood Reporter said it was a perfectly well-balanced reduction that got the most out of Anderson's signature. Roger Ebert, uh, the Glenn Kenny at RogerEbert.com, gave it four out of four. And David Ehrlich at IndieWire said it's the most visually inventive film that Anderson has made thus far. So maybe there's something to be said about this one, and it might work. And the 39 minutes that the film is credited as on Wikipedia might be the, the, the perfect length, as Shannon said earlier, for some Wes Anderson films to get him back in good graces with a lot of people who've fallen off the Wes Anderson train for sure recently. So we shall see. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. And uh, oh, yeah, that one's coming out. Uh, did I say when that one's coming out? It's coming out uh, September 1st in Venice, September 20th here in the States and on theaters, and then September 27th on Netflix. So we're just days away from that one coming out as well. All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll get into our big uh, main event or main story here on Lando becoming a movie instead of a series right after this. All right, Mikey, you want to lead this one? or Go ahead, take it away. Lando is a series. All right, well, look, we all love Lando Calrissian. And aside from Solo being a little bit more of a divisive film in the Star Wars echelon, like I think everybody agrees that Donald Glover playing a young Lando Calrissian is something that we all liked. Uh, you might not have liked the rest of Solo, but uh, everybody seems pretty universally on board with that. Uh, and so Lando kind of being a Disney Plus series in the mix, like way back at one of the Disney investor meetings long ago when they were announcing everything, Kathleen Kennedy came out and Lando was on the slate for Disney Plus. Then everybody said, we're going to do less stuff. And Lando kind of was in the mix or not in the mix and justin simeon was attached to it and we were gonna see uh and then we found out um about a month ago maybe um that donald glover and his brother were actually going to be doing lando the series justin simeon found out on the internet at the (laughs) same time that we did which was not ideal for him Um, and, and, but that was exciting we were all stoked uh that donald glover was going to kind of bring lando back and not only in front of the camera, but also behind the scenes. And it was really cool. And I guess Disney thinks it's really cool too. So cool that they have decided that it's not going to be on Disney plus and that Lando is going to be a full movie and not a Disney plus series. Uh, so gentlemen, is this good? Is this bad? Is this hopeful? Does Lando belong on the big screen? Does he not belong on the big screen? Is this better as a series? Do we want more star Wars prequels or like we now, cause now if this is the case, we have four Star Wars movies in the mix. Yes. That are quite a mixed bag of movies. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? What do you think? A couple couple different ways to look at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, one is <laughs> historically, at least recently, at least, like, what's the quickest way not to get your movie made? Make it a Star Wars. That's what <laughs> that's what kind of what it seems like. Um, and also, it seems like. Uh, again recently the allure of the uh prestige streaming series the bloom has fallen off the rose a little bit and for donald glover i think it makes perfect sense like you know what i I did enjoy playing this character um i was universally the one thing that everybody did like about this movie however however you felt about the movie there was i don't think there was one negative reaction to donald glover's performance like there could not be a more perfect actor to play a young Lando Calrissian. And I think everybody would like to see more of that. I mean, it mm-hmm. kind of made sense for it to be 
a series. And again, as fans, we come up with our own stories in our head. I'm like, God, I hope they get Billy D involved. I hope it's him recounting like his, his, his younger days, like, you know, the, the, the young Lando Calrissian Chronicles. Um, but uh, it, as a movie, like if the story is there, fantastic because uh donald glover as the lead of his own film as this character sounds great but even in the variety article i mean looking at what stephen glover said on the pablo torre finds out podcast what he says this is a quote it's not even a show the idea right now is to do a movie right now because of the strike it's kind of like telephone all the information um even him saying well the idea right now (laughs) tells me that this is nowhere near (laughs) happening um but fingers crossed that it does happen because i would love to see donald glover have another have another crack at the bat with lando yeah i i I love him as lando but what i've kind of been aware of more and more as you kind of talk to people who are not in this bubble is how many people actually would show up for a lando movie uh and i have concerns and especially for donald glover who has never been a movie star in any way shape or form in anything he's done and the atlanta hype got less and less every season um and so i and i that mr and mrs smith does not look convincing to me at all i've seen the first few pictures i'm like "Eh." so i don't know and there's the there's been a backlash on donald glover with some of the treatment that he's made on some of the stuff of some of the female characters in his show so it's going to be, it's an interesting time to make this announcement. Um, uh, and so I, I, I hope it's a great movie. I would love for it to do well. I want to champion it like crazy. I just don't know necessarily this is going to work. Um, even though everybody loves how he plays Lando and we saw solo solo underperformed and you could argue timing. You could argue all this other stuff around it. I get it. Many people have given me the reasons for why it didn't do well, but in the end, it just was not a fully satisfying film in my opinion. Lando was the thing that stood out, but that doesn't mean if you surround the whole film around Lando that it's going to 100% work. And with him and his brother, they write stuff that's very niche. It's very unique. It's very for a certain slice. Uh, And their Deadpool got canned for whatever reasons. And so I have concerns here overall about how this is going down. And by the way, just to clarify that, Justin Simeon knew months ago. He's just playing that he found out on social media. Many people who are scoop people, knew he knew months ago. He just played it this way because Haunted Mansion did so badly. So these are these things you look at, and I'm like, eh, we'll see what happens um, uh, overall. But I- I'm excited for it, but I'm also cautiously optimistic or trepidatious about it actually working. You know, I mean, look, if it... And like you said, it's two four Star Wars films. That's a lot considering you had nothing. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, to Shannon's point, this is in its infancy. So, But yeah. I think the bigger thing is it's just... Look, if 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 the past couple of years of Marvel and Star Wars and DC and everything have taught us anything, it's like, yeah. look, audiences are going to be down if a story is good. Like, right. if you give us something that's great, we're going to get on board with it. But also, we there needs to be a method to the madness. You can't just be throwing out movies willy-nilly left and right, particularly with Star Wars. Like, Star Wars already has this, okay, like... James Mangold is doing a movie about the very beginning of the Jedi that took place thousands of years ago. Yeah. And then we're going to get a movie that is Filoni's ultimate 
conclusion to heir to the empire or it's going to be heir to the empire with stuff that like building to the stuff that's happening in mando and ahsoka and boba fett and skeleton crew that takes place between return of the jedi and force awakens and then you've got the ray skywalker movie coming out post rise of skywalker about her rebuilding the jedi order so we have three movies coming out in three totally different eras and then you're like okay but also here's the young lando movie and this movie takes place kind of leading up to empire maybe it's like what was happening near like so you've got another movie in another era and it's like I think on TV, it's a little bit easier to be like, okay, let's contextualize this. In the movies, you're kind of like, audience is like, so wait, the, so are these movies connected? Are they not? And like, I think Star Wars is already having a big swing with these three very different movies in different time periods, but it kind of made sense. And the Young Lando movie, as much as I love Donald Glover as Young Lando, and if the story is great and they have a really kick-ass movie, like, I'm down it does feel a little bit like hey guys let's just let's just pull the reins back a little bit like star wars has 18 different eras of stories right now i don't know that we necessarily need the 19th one unless you really have a compelling reason to do it and so it makes me a little bit like always optimistic i am a star wars nerd i will be a star wars nerd till the day i'm die you give me more star wars stuff i will watch it and i will tell you what i think of it and i'll probably generally like more of it than I don't but as someone who kind of looks at these big IPs and how they perform and how they do and like how you take all of these different movies and connect them into this big tapestry this one feels like a thread that doesn't ultimately feel a hundred percent necessary and that makes me worried yeah and Star Wars is one of those unique franchises where everything has to have some canon connection like even the James Mangold stuff, I guarantee will have some something that we know from modern Star Wars, for lack of a better term, that we understand concept-wise or the kyber crystals or the, the temples or any of that. It's going to have to at least reference some of that. So everything that comes out from Star Wars must have a connective tissue, no matter how thin it is, to or a connective line, no matter how thin it is, to what we've seen before. And that's a a Herculean task for a lot of people when you're looking at doing a movie. So, yeah, yeah it's a fair point. Uh, any final words on that, Shannon, before we wrap? No, sir. Okay. All right. Uh, well, there we go. Um, and as you, as uh, uh, Shannon pointed out in the quote, and as Michael was saying as well, uh, this is still in its infancy. So who knows what it's going to be or if it's even going to happen, we will see down the road. Uh, for sure. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us uh, for this episode of the Geek Buddies. We appreciate it madly. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Um, If you like trailers, or trailers, or trailers, or trailers, (laughs) or trailers, or trailers, or trailers, or trailers, or streaming series that become movies or movies that become streaming series. We talk about all of it here on The Geek Buddies. So here's what you guys can do for us. Smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Leave your comments below. Which trailers, 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 trailers were you excited about? Do you think a Lando movie is better than a streaming series? Do you think a Lando streaming series is better than a movie? Do you really want a Lando series or do you not? Like, Let us know below what you think about all of this. If you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video post it on your social send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies 
I do want to say one last thing. One other trailer that dropped this week, the Frasier trailer. <sighs> oh, man, we're in some trouble for that reboot. Uh, all right, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it madly. You guys are awesome. Take care of yourselves. Enjoy your weekend. Don't forget, we had our uh, episode five spoiler review for Ahsoka that's out. And last week, we dropped our first episode of the Geek Bites, uh, talking about the World Between Worlds. Michael led us through that. So if you have any questions about World Between Worlds still, and you haven't watched that, watch that and get a little more knowledge about it as well all right be well take care of yourselves we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of the geek buddies <gasps> hey! Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.